Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 476. It's all coming back, Walking Dead. I'm trying to do the dramatic AMC voice. Uh, Walking Dead coming back on Sunday, February 9th. And that's at 9 p.m. And then immediately following, Talking Dead is coming back. Uh, the guests are going to be Greg Nicotero and Denai Gurira, who plays uh, uh, plays Michonne. And I'm very, very excited to be back. I've not seen the episodes yet. Uh, I'm waiting until Sunday to watch. I will watch like two hours before uh, everyone else. And uh, and then we and then the excitement explosion will commence. Uh, so Talking Dead, Walking Dead, coming back this Sunday. And then uh, at midnight, if you haven't been watching it, uh, his We've had such an incredible run of guests, and that is showing no signs of slowing down. Uh, next week, starting on February 10th, um, all next week we have guests like Hannibal Burris, uh, Nikki Glazer, Ron Funches, Nick Kroll, John Daly. Uh, it's going to be another great week of shows on At Midnight. That's Comedy Central At Midnight, right after the Colbert Report. Um, this is uh, Robert Kirkman. Since Walking Dead is coming back, Kirkman finally came back on. He hasn't been on since our first... I don't know, season of the podcast, year, I guess it's really just a calendar year, but he came on early, um, and uh, we became pals right away, and then and then the whole Talking Dead thing happened, so um, I love having Kirkman on, I think he's hilarious, and there's also a lot of great insight into the show, where, it's go- where it was, potentially where it's going, um, I don't believe there are any major spoilers, um, oh, I'm at Chloe's, her neighbor's having a party, and they're all leaving right now, can you hear him? Chat, chat. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. See you guys later. Guys, who shit on the floor? Come on. Seriously? Seriously, why would you do that? I'm sorry. Sometimes I gotta go. Um, they're all dudes. No, I'm kidding. See? That was the turn at the end. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm sure there are some spoilers up to this half of the season. Um, so, I don't know. If you're not caught up on Walking Dead, then maybe you want to hang on until you get a little more caught up, but uh, super exciting season. We talk about it and uh, a lot of other stuff here on the Nerds Podcast, number 476, with Robert Kirkman. Why did you shit on the floor? Robert Kirkman, why did you shit on the floor? Now entering Nerdist.com. (laughs) 
Just put your face in it. Is that your face? Good. You can just chill out like this. Lean back. No, if I lean back, this chair will break. That's true. You want to switch chairs? (laughs) You are the guest. You should get this chair. No, it's all right. Don't always take the chair. Unless you want to. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I I was doing what people call being polite, uh, Robert. uh, You should try it. It's not polite. It's not. It's not polite if you're not actually intending to give up your chair. <laughs> no, it's even more polite at that point. I'm, I'm a martyr at that point. I'll be celebrated for years to come about the guy that gave up the comfy seat. You saying I'm not polite? <laughs> <laughs> it was so. I, have you been on the podcast since the first time you were on the live I, one? The live uh, one, I yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I did the writers panel thing. With oh, you did that, the writers uh, panel. Other guy. Blacker. Blacker? Blacker. No, that's Blacker. Blacker. Um, yeah, Ben Blacker does that. That was so much fun. That first one that you did was so much fun because you came like you came to play. Like there were oh, 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 are we doing this now? Is this, this is being it. recorded? Yeah, this is happening. How long has this been being recorded? Is this how you guys do it? You're we like, mic'd you, we're not we mic'd you, you in your home a couple hours ago and <laughs> oh. we've been following you throughout the day. Since well, hot damn. Yeah, since you didn't take my chair, that's when we started uh, oh, podcasting. Wow. <laughs> I hope that's all part of it. The, the, the fat guy complaining about the chair he's in. And I don't know, this chair might break under my <laughs> massive weight. Oh boy. Oh. Here we go again. That's how oh, slow the, he falls off the chair as it breaks. <laughs> Here we go again. But then of course, uh you and then and then you what people can't see is that your um your body language suggests you have no intention of getting out of that chair. Oh yeah. do you, is this what you want? Hands on the did you <laughs> the slight lean in? Did you want Cause you I just, could, do a little little public restroom hover? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> just could you? Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, would it? I mean, because if you, I could. It would seem more sincere. That's okay. All. Well, did you? Yeah, yeah actually, so, I think uh, he wants the chair. So John. Yeah. You want to give it to him? Yeah. No, so I think not. we've topped the last podcast so already. Far, this is the this chair good. exchange is going. Is this happening? Yeah, I'll take. That. Oh, nice! It's really happening. Hey, man. And now the microphone. <laughs> what would be the best is if I sat down and this chair broke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm yeah. in the... Oh, yeah. And it threw the wall. And it was your plan the whole time? <laughs> yeah. I had been hovering over it the entire time. Good quads I have. Yeah. Kirkman was kind of annoying last time, and so I'm going to get him on this one. <laughs> oh, hope he breaks his fat neck. <laughs> you were the first guest that we had... That where it really kind of felt like you were immediately part of our group because you you immediately started uh, giving all of a shit like right away, but not in a way that felt like, hey, nice he's really being fun. a. Di- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean I, I I have to hold back sometimes because that's I guess I'm a mean guy, so that's the stuff that pops into my head quickly. But uh, actually, I think I don't know, very, you guys seemed like you were game for it. So I think I, you're a very I think you're a very sweet guy, and then that's the you sort don't have of, to say that, Chris. That's the comedy layer. I do my show it cannot exist without yours. Uh, I, I say. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that all of your shows could not exist without mine. <laughs> Damn it! Because it's the popularity of Talking Dead that that's led right. to At Midnight yeah, and whatever the hell else no, you're doing. It's so. Hard to, it's hard to deny and that. Really singled out. Which led to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the really? only one. That no, no, no. That's... Back in time. Yes. Back in time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I explained the whole vaccine thing to Jenny McCarthy, and then she went back yeah. in time. Oh, shit. And got you the... That's amazing. Yeah, it all ties in. So you're a kind of a time I didn't mean Lord. to get topical. No, no, that's fine. I don't mind. Like, <laughs> 
make it topical. And also vaccinate your kids. Um, but please. <laughs> please. So that we all don't die. Yeah. <laughs> we, d- we weren't doing well as a species before that came along. No, no, like, no. We can get smallpox back if we all work together. <laughs> before, before vaccinations, uh, two of us at this table would be near the end of our natural lives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Elderly guy, like 34. <laughs> <laughs> Only a handful of people got old like Ben Franklin and Seneca, and that was it <laughs> everyone, oh, everyone else everyone else died nothing good happens after 35 though right <laughs> oh god damn it well in our generation it does but you know you look back at uh um my my, my buddy mike Furman and i when we were touring when we used to tour and no were you complimenting me can we go back to that yes i think you're a very sweet guy and but your comedy t-shirt you're a comedy <laughs> Your comedy, de- your comedy defense is a thing that I think if people don't know that that's your sense of humor, that they're like, why did he say that thing? But you're, it's just your sense of humor. That's just, that's just you poking around at people. I'm sometimes misunderstood. Well, Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike, Great. Mike Furman and I would tour. We went to this old cemetery like in, um, you know, like near D.C. So it was just like an old-timey cemetery. And there were there were two big headstones and then like seven tiny headstones, Please. one after another. And so we asked the person who kind of ran this old. It was like it was a, it was a historic cemetery, and um, from the looks of it, not one of their children survived. And so they, you know, what the person said was, um, "Oh well, apparently this couple was close, was very closely related." And so they just, it was just like defect after defect after defect after defect. But just thinking of a time where if you, like if, if two of your five kids made it, you were okay. Like yeah, it was yeah. like, hey, we did it. You yeah. know, like two of them got through. Like Heirs it was a big year. Yeah, like it was like the human version of watching those little turtles try to make the ocean, you know, and you then just how. Uh, you think they ever look at their kids and they're like, I really wish it had been that other one that had lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Should have been you, Gordy. It's like they have like the fifth one's really cute and they're like, oh, I'm really hoping this one lasts. Come on, please, please. Uh, no, not the one with the good eye. I mean, it's really. <laughs> It's really, it's really that period of time in humanity where it was about surviving in the gene pool, and now we're so casual about all those things. Like, should we have kids? I don't know if I'm really gonna. Like, yeah. there's nothing about the way that we live now that is anything like how people lived for the previous history of mankind. Yeah, yeah. Now we just got to worry about being so bored that we want to commit suicide or something. Like that. That's, that's like, yeah. we just have to not. Yeah, we just yeah. have to distract ourselves yeah. all the time. What's on TV tonight, guys? Oh, life sucks. There's nothing on TV. That's <laughs> yeah. the worst, man. How do people even live like this? Well, we also we also live at a time when there's always something on TV. I mean, I dare you to find a time when Pawn Stars isn't on, and that show's always entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's I, it, it is on. It is. Disheartening to me to know that I'm old enough to remember a time when it's like, well, TV's going off for the night, and yeah. I remember that. And the then Indian, not the Indian, yeah, yeah. like the little, yeah. the little yeah. card, the, the national anthem, oh, the national anthem. That's how yeah. important TV was. So they had it's to like, give it a national send-off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they basically, they made, at the end of every TV day, they had to give it a funeral. <laughs> so that it could be reborn. So stand up. Wake up. Stand up. This is America. <laughs> Your grandfather fought for this television day. That's why everyone hates the national anthem now. Because they're like, the national anthem takes my TV away. <laughs> at the end of every, And then, you know, cable came around. I was like, what? There's stuff on... 
All the time. All the time. All the time. I tried to totally give myself credit recently for not. You did? Watching, I know. That's weird. Well, I took it away immediately because I'm like, yeah, man, I don't just, I used to just sit around and stare at the television all day and I don't do that anymore. I'm like, because I'm looking at the internet. Like, it just, all day. Just put it over. <laughs> I was flipping through, you know, there's not much on TV, but there's a, so much on TV. Right. Like, you know how many shows are in their like fifth season that you've never heard of? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, just stories. People are just making stories. We were just talking, about, we were just talking about Supernatural. It's like, yeah, show's been on for 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. That's a 10-season <laughs> show now. I'm sure the people that are listening to this that like Supernatural or, or work on Supernatural probably don't want us to be going, <laughs> that show lasted well, I like, 10 I like, years. I like Supernatural. But it's <laughs> what? I really like Supernatural, but it's one of those shows. I've never seen it, but I'm sure it's amazing. It, it's really fun. I, lo- I really like it. But, it's one, but it is one of those shows where you're like, 10 years? Really? 10 years? 10 yeah. years? 10. That's ridiculous. And the fact that South Park to me has been on for like 15 years yeah. is crazy. They just don't end shows anymore. Yeah. Why? Money is there. Well, they do end. <laughs> no. It, it's, again, it's the turtle thing. It's like some shows don't get enough of a chance. Like they'll get two episodes, but every once in a while a show will just have the right it'll just have the right executive was behind it or the right thing yeah. so that they give it a chance. 150 year old turtle. 150-year-old turtle. Somebody who knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> and then usually usually a show by like this if they can if they give it long enough will hit a stride and then people will be like, "Oh. Oh, this is great." Yeah. But it's getting to that getting to that point, you know, like not every show is The Walking Dead that immediately is a hit. Like it, most shows take a bit. Of, even Breaking Bad took five yeah. seasons before everyone started watching. Yeah, it. it's just it's just so crazy though because like it, you know anytime me or anyone I know like formulates a story, it's like a, you put a lot of yourself into it. It's a lot of hard work, and there's just guys that do that for a living. They just go from show to show, thinking of stories for fake people to experience. And that's like it happens so much on TV, and it's just mind blowing the amount well, of TV. Imagine, imagine that there are people whose entire business revolves around just pitching and selling shows or movies that will never get, get made. made. Yeah, but they yeah. just like oh, they get you know like two a hundred grand to write a thing, and then they yeah. write it, and then it never happens. They get another one, and then they yeah. write that. I remember and, the first time I heard about that, I was like, I had just moved to the Hollywood area, and I went to a party, it was this huge house in the hills, and I was like. What's this guy do? He's like, he's like, oh, he writes movies. I was like, whoa, what has he written? They're like, nothing that's ever been made. I was like, the how? What is this business? <laughs> well, he wrote Giovanni's Grave. What's yeah, that? Yeah, I, don't yeah, I, don't I don't know. No one knows. They he burned wrote, it. Uh, he wrote the Shoes of uh, Belstaff. Yeah, uh, yeah, was another one. Exactly. And, um, yeah. The it, Queef of Monte Carlo. No, he, there was no one wrote the Queef of Monte Carlo. He's essentially like yeah. a legal con artist. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, it really it's is. Like I sit in a room, I convince people that this movie's worth getting made, so they give me a big check, and then yeah, six months later the, they're like, oh shit, this I isn't going to get I made. I blame the studio it. system, though. I blame the studio system because they're not making the stuff, so that's just part of the business. But that's a good, that's a good point, though. The guy that's just can fucking wheel and deal it, and it's snake oil. Like, it's like, yeah. and then this happens, this happens, and they're like, oh my god, yes, write it up. And yeah. write it up. they're like, yeah. what were we thinking? You no, know? It's, about, it's about a dog, it's a dinosaur, she's lasers out of its butt. Hold on. Wait a minute. You said that in a really convincing way. Yeah. But now we're actually Sounds talking about a really good idea, right Kirkman. Now we're actually talking about a really good idea. Okay, great. But I think but but what happens is, you know, that person will write it, then a bunch of people weigh in with their notes, and then if it gets diluted enough, but then the wrong executive leaves or comes in, there are too many political things that happen in the interim that just don't it's not just like guy writes thing, thing gets made. It's yeah. there's so many there's so many there's there's so many hands that it has to scrape against on the way that it's you know 
I always say it's amazing to me that A, things get made, or B, that anything can get made and be good. That yeah. it almost seems like the business yeah. is set up to, to, to dare people. To, I fucking dare you to get to this obstacle course. Yeah. And still be able to do push-ups afterwards, you know, or even or even survive yeah. to get through. Good so um, I had lunch with with Kirkman, like I don't know, maybe um, moments ago it seemed. Yeah, well, moments ago, <laughs> but then also like a month, a month. We spent a lot of time together. Yeah, <laughs> and I was never, you know, when I was when I was a kid, like comics were never my never my thing because they it, it, yeah, for it, nerds, man. <laughs> I was I was video games and computers and, uh, and chess. I was not uh, yeah, cool shit. <laughs> I wish people could see the face you're making. It's the face and it's the. So you know, it's only been in the last few years that I've started kind of like really, really, really getting more and more into comics. And then obviously, and I apologize for saying this because of where Nerdist is located and the Nerdist showroom. But Comicsology obviously made everything a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you so, can buy comics on the toilet and then read that comic on the toilet <laughs> without ever leaving your toilet. It's revolutionized How long comics. How you stay on the toilet? <laughs> Listen, you can buy and read a comic in like 15, 20 minutes. So I can get through like nine of them because I'm usually <laughs> on the, you know. I, got two, I got two kids. It's the only quiet place in the house. Say, yeah. The only place that they yeah. can't bother you. That was like, the, like the jo- that one joke in uh, like, was it, uh, This is 40 where it's like uh, dads across the board going, oh, yeah, yeah. iPad in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Lots of dumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should. Uh... I don't need to go to the doctor, honey. Yes, I do take a dump five times a day. It's completely normal. I don't shit that much, but what if? <laughs> but I, we were talking about comics, and and and, I, and he said, "Well, what are you reading?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I just started reading Justice League Dark, which is really, you know, yeah, yeah. which is I, I just started reading it. I like I like I like black magic themed things." And uh, and I thought you know and then he was like ah, I gotta tell you what to really so he get you know he gave me this list of stuff and What's so I've been stuff? Let's hear it. I've been reading Saga I Saga read Chew Chew I've been reading Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction which Sex is Criminals is awesome fucking great I just started even though like I, I saw this guy do a panel when I was waiting for a Max Brooks panel like years mm-hmm. ago and I got to see this other guy's panel uh, it was a, uh, Jeff Lemire who did Sweet Tooth. Yep. and like so I finally got around to buying the first trade and it's it's really sad and good. I liked it a lot. I like Chew because it does exactly what you want as a reader, where it'll say, like, um, you know, this person has this power. And here's why. Like, it just flat out tells you, like, here's the information you need to move forward, or here's the information you need. As opposed to, and we'll figure it out later. Yeah, no, they just tell you, and it's really funny. And there are a bunch of – I've read the whole series, and there are more than a couple of (laughs) – the, the, I think one of the best parts about Chew is all the shit in the background, oh, like God. all the weird posters and all the weird things and all oh, the cool. jokes in the background. But there are more than a couple of scenes where a character's bedroom has Robert Kirkman posters in them where it's Kirkman's head on these like ripped beefcake bodies. <laughs> That's my body. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> wow, so comics are really a fantasy world, huh, yeah. Chris? Also, uh, mental notes. Stop recommending Chew to people. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should really uh, check out Chew. Uh. Yeah, there are pictures of me in the background of panels with muscles. <laughs> really big rippling muscles. Uh, what else are you reading that you muscles. like? Uh, did we mention Manhattan Projects? I'm really enjoying that and East of West, the two uh, Jonathan Hickman books at Image. Uh, I really like those. Uh, I read a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, uh, I read some Marvel and DC books, uh, uh, not a lot. 
because most of them aren't that great. But uh, uh, Hawkeye, yep. I, I read. Uh, I read that book. Did Matt, uh, Matt Fraction did that too? Didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt's Matt's very good. He's um, really funny. Like the 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 comedy bits in Sex Criminals. It's it's exactly the kind of like the type of comedy that you want to see in it, where it doesn't it doesn't punch you in the face with stuff, but they're just really. Authentic jokes, like oh nice. yeah, that's a joke that these two people would have in this situation. Oh, nice. It's very, it feels very natural. Yeah, I know I recommended it to you a long time ago, but did you ever end up reading Asterios Polyp? No. Have you read that? Uh, I have it. <laughs> it's one of those books that you buy, and then like I, I always meant to read it, but it was so thick. I was like, I'm going to really need to devote a weekend to this, and yeah, then I never it, got that weekend. It, it reads real quick. There's a lot of it's like you know they do a lot. Not of stuff when you read as slow as I do. No, no, so just a lot of imagery. You know, you can. It's not too. Not when words. you look at pictures as slow as I do. <laughs> yeah, he's on the toilet for like five hours yeah, at a yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Takes exactly. a lot of time. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful book, and just like the the way the art is done is really interesting, and the, just the story is. Really I want to nice. get through Why the Last Man, but I think, uh, but it, it looks like a journey. Like that series looks like a like a big long big long journey. But it it's ends. worth it though. That one's yeah. uh, that one's pretty uh, pretty top notch. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's always it's always easier to get invested in it when you know it has. There's an it, it, go, it. it goes to a place. Yeah, and yeah. It, it really is one of those books that definitely sticks the landing. So when you get to the end, you're like, oh, that was totally worth it. Oh, good, 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 good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I my new. Uh, unlike of- how Walking Dead will eventually end. <laughs> you know, that's that is a good point because like the, the beauty of Walking Dead is just the day to day of this world. But like, it's like, how do you even end a story that just will? We'll find out one day. (laughs) (laughs) My plan is to keep the book going long enough to where the show is like over and forgotten and no one's reading the comic anymore. And Mm -hmm. it's like, why does that guy still do that comic? And then when I end it, no one will care that it's shitty because they're like, yeah, people stopped reading that long ago. (laughs) Kirkman really pulled a Dexter. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be that bad. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be a little bit more political when it comes to those things. You just sort of. it, It was a fine show. I'm sure the lumberjack thing was a very, very well thought out. Uh, he still gets to use an thing. axe. He still gets to cut things up. Yeah, it's like, oh no, we want to make sure we can do a lumberjack Dexter movie someday. <laughs> you should just, uh, you know what? You, I think, I think with, with the Walking Dead comic, what you should just do is just write the last page of a comic of your comic, and then put it in like in, in case of emergency, break glass, so that if you die. Whatever stage in the comics you're at, they just put that last <laughs> page right there. It's just everyone melts. Vest. Oh, there was okay. some. I guess there was some super volcano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now everyone's dead. There's a lot of just flipping back and forth, trying to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Come on. Really We're gonna abrupt. go get those weapons yeah. and then super volcano. Yeah. And then it's just the end. I'm sorry, but my planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> on the way, Poochie was killed. <laughs> People ask about that a lot. I get a lot of letters like, "Have you written the last?" Issue just in case you die, and it's Jesus. like, no. I, well, you don't even know where it's I'll, going. I'll, I'll be. I know where it's going. But, you do, but I haven't written all those stories. Uh, no, I mean, I have like a, I have like the the nugget of how the story ends, and I know the things that happen in order to get there. But you know, I'm on a journey, and I like to be able to like go off on little tangents and you know expand the story as things uh, as it, things go on. It almost but, seems like there are things going on in the comic that it feels like you you're writing to dare. Uh, television to be able to put it on. Yeah, it's like there's a tiger in it now. Fuck you, TV. <laughs> there's a fucking tiger, and then it, fuck you, production coordinator. Yeah, yeah. and then a, and then a, and then a character who one of his traits is that every other word out of his mouth is fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like every other word out of Negan's mouth is yeah, fuck. It mm-hmm. seems like I'm doing it on purpose, but I'm really not. <laughs> but it's hard to. I mean, it's gonna be like a guy that turns into a 
robot coming up. And oh, just like the issue where you where you uh, you did the joke the joke storyline based on the reader's letter. Where you know, you... It, yeah, it's funny. A lot of people don't know that exists because it was only ever printed in issue seventy five, and then it's never been reprinted. So it's only in that comic that you can see that. Oh, but, never uh, made it to the trade? No, I never put it in a trade or hardcover or anything. But, uh, yeah, I'd done that. Uh, I'd gotten a letter in, like, issue five or something where they were like, hey, this book's really good, but, uh, you know, uh, you're going to run out of ideas, and then it's going to be <laughs> shitty after a while. So I don't know why you keep saying this thing's going to go for years and years, because I don't know how it's going to – I don't know how you're going to keep it fresh. Because, you know, people write in. <laughs> I, I love getting letters like that. But anyway, uh, so my response in the, in the letters column of, like, issue five was, yeah, look, I'm obviously going to run out of ideas, but then aliens will show up, and, uh, you know, it'll completely ruin everything. And, and, I, and I think I said I'll probably run out of ideas by issue 75, and then I'll bring aliens into the book. And uh, when I wrote that, I had no idea that we'd actually make it to issue 75. Yeah. <laughs> so when we got to issue 75, I reprinted that letter in the letters column. <laughs> like, hey, remember this? And then you turn the page, and it's like a full-color story of Rick waking up on a spaceship. And he's like, what the hell happened? And like Michonne has a lightsaber, and the governor's back, and he's got like a robot body. And oh, like, it's just, yeah, he's got like Great. a big robot arm, and they fight aliens for like eight pages. And, <laughs> and there were people that actually like thought that I had decided to change the book to that, and were writing in going, oh, you jumped the shark. Yeah. Why'd, you, why'd you do that? Oh. Uh, but uh, it was just a gag. Did you see, did either of you see uh, Machete 2? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I watched it. I love how it like starts off with the trailer for a fake third Machete, where Machete's in space. And then the rest of the movie is the slow burn towards actually that happening. It's the fucking, I thought that was so fucking brilliant because it seems like such a throwaway thing. Like, oh, they had everybody. They just made a fake trailer. And then how it just leads right into that where he's just fucking Danny Trejo in a spacesuit. It's such a funny. I actually got into the theater as the movie had started. I missed like the first couple minutes. Oh, no. So I didn't know they had done that. Oh, then, fuck. So, wow, I got I to gotta watch that again, I guess. Yeah, it's like it just starts out with like, you know, like a fake, you know, like feature, pre- or, uh, you know, coming soon, coming attractions. The old, you know, the grindhouse yeah. or the, the images, you know, the words kind of come that's together. That's actually, a, that's a story I'll tell because this is a podcast and you're supposed to tell stories, I guess. I don't sure, know how sure, this sure. works. But uh, I was at the New York Comic Con and I love buying Transformers and like, you know, looking at booths and stuff. But I do The Walking Dead and it's become a TV show. So every now and then when I go to walk the con floor, you know, people stop me and ask for autographs and, you know, that kind of stuff happens. And so I leave my booth and there's like two or three hours left of the show. And I'm like, I'm going to go see if they got any Transformers out here. And I get like five feet away from my booth and I get mobbed. I take a bunch of pictures. I get like six more feet. I get mobbed. I take a bunch of pictures. And I was like, you know what? This is, I can't do this anymore. I got to get out of here. So I left the convention center and uh, was walking down the street. And I was like, I got a couple hours to kill. I don't know what I'm going to do. But Machete Kills had just come out. And so I was like, I want to see if there's a movie theater nearby. And I get on Fandango, fantastic app that everyone should get. Uh, And uh, I see that there's a movie theater like in walking distance, which is like two feet from me. It's got to be very close or I'm not going to do it. Uh, (laughs) And so I start start walking to this uh, movie theater in New York City. And I hear behind me, hey, hey, Kirkman. And I'm like, oh, i got to take another picture, damn it. So I turn around, and I see this, like, bearded guy coming out of a store. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? And I, you know, kind of, kind of like, walk because they're not really telling me to stop. And I'm like, all right, I can get away. Good, good, good seeing you, buddy. I'm out of here. And the person goes, hey, it's, 
It's me, Pendleton. I'm not like asking for an oh. autograph or anything. And it ends up being uh, Pendleton Ward, the yeah. creator of Adventure Time. That's awesome. And so he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I feel kind of silly, but like I can't really walk on the convention floor. So I'm you know, walking out of here. And he's like, I just left because I can't walk on the convention floor. And I was like, you want to go see a movie with me? And he goes, yeah. And so we went and saw Machete Kills together. <laughs> Did you know Penn before? Yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd talked to him a couple of times. There's a couple of bearded buddies checking out Machete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty good. We did a little sasquatching while we were in. Yeah, <laughs> callback, hey, callback. Yes. Uh, oh, well, if people remember the first podcast. They remember. Thanks they, for that. By the they way, they remember mm-hmm. that. They may remember that. Um, Damon Lindelof happened gonna, to be there. Like, I'm going to lay it out again because very clinical uh, because of what happened. But I I asked you. <laughs> oh it was a very complex riff that happened because <laughs> a very complex riff where I said. What would you do in a zombie apocalypse? And you go, I'd fucking hang myself. I would never want to live in that world. And somehow, I don't remember how we riffed into this, but it was <clears throat> it was you and Sasquatch hanging by nooses, jerking each other off with your feet. And then yeah. so Damon Lindelof said, I will give $1,000 to anyone who draws that right now. And two people did. And to his credit, Lindelof gave those people $1,000 each. He told me in passing, though, that his wife doesn't know he did that, and he doesn't want his wife to know that he actually paid $1,000 to two different people for a drawing of, of uh, Sasquatch and I jerking each other off. Yeah. <laughs> With their feet. And I was like, Damon, I don't know why you wouldn't want your wife to be aware that you're blowing money like that. Yeah. I don't know why. Hey, I'm sure she doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. And B, I, he's doing fine. So um, Is he? I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. How much does he make? I don't know, but it's <laughs> a lot more than a thousand dollars. But he, uh, so so two people with this, and so then after that, I ran into you, and you're like, "God damn it!" Now when you search Robert Kirkman, the second autofill that comes up is Robert Kirkman Sasquatching because of, because that, of the podcast. Yeah, and it's died down, but I think we can all bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> those pictures, I don't know what whatever happened to those images, but because Lindelof made, did he send you the T-shirt? I got, a, yeah, I got a shirt. And the tote bag with the same. What to do? With I sent him a. Apocalypse I sent him a cease and desist after he gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give him my likeness rights. I don't know. I mean, you make loss, you think you can get away with anything, but uh, no, but no. not in my book. No, okay. I mean that's fair. You have it's to protect. Fair. You have to protect fair. your likeness. Sue that guy. I'll sue that guy to kingdom come. Um, but uh, but that was. Really, I can't believe that that was. And that was before Talking Dead. The first time you were on the podcast. Was, was there a before Talking Dead? I don't remember. There was actually. Yeah, I, I don't remember my life much before that, but there was. <laughs> and um, that's when we. Uh, and then because the second time I think we really had a conversation was about. To, that we were going to do this after show, and you know, and hey, yeah, I yeah. just wanted to make sure that you were on board with it, and you seemed gung ho about it, and so I felt I felt okay. Um, but that was that. I was against it until I learned that you were going to be involved. Oh come on! True. Oh, that's awesome. Who was it before Mario Lopez? Yeah, it was Mario Lopez. <laughs> I lost so many jobs like, to that no guy. No fucking way. <laughs> My manager and I had the had this long running joke where I would test for shows and not get him, and he'd go. So is this the point where they offered to Joe Rogan or Mario Lopez? Like Joe and Mario were the two guys that networks would always just offer shows to. Gotta get so, Bob, Chris. I, I, you know, I'm gonna get them muscles. I'm trying to get them muscles. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get them muscles. I got the six pack. Gotta get the six pack. Dropping white ropes. <laughs> oh, now you're just saying every Seacrest yeah, thing. I know. But, uh, yeah. um, but, uh, but it's been a pretty insane. It's been a pretty insane thing that's happened in the Call last. Call a ride. <clears throat> Can you it is a ride. ride. 
What an insane ride we've been on. What a crazy journey. A crazy journey. It's all about the process. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> so Walking Dead Escape is this obstacle course that we're doing that's uh, actually going to start in Baton Rouge, and it's going to be touring through a lot of cities. You're touring the Escape? Yeah, we're doing the Escape as a tour thing. I thought I'd right. jump in with a plug to get right. us back oh, on track. Oh, plug the shit out of it. Plug the shit out of it. Seriously. <laughs> I did it. I did the, uh, I did the uh, first year. It's, uh, it's no joke. It's real fucking brutal. Yeah, I almost di- I just, almost died. I, it's funny. Yeah. I did it the first year as like a promotional thing. They yeah. were like, "Kirkman, it's, he's walking to escape. You got to do it." Yeah. And I'm like, "I don't want to run in front of people. It's not going to go well." Yeah, but I did it, <laughs> and uh, it was awful. Well, so it's, uh, yeah, because you you you're in I mean, I did like, it, and it was awesome. What yeah. am I saying? No, Everyone is, should do it. It is really awesome, unless you're out of shape, and then don't yeah, run as far away as possible. You should be prepared because it is. It's not just <laughs> running. It's like. Running a couple feet and then like dodging, so you're constantly you're one. It's like a mile long usually, right? Something like that. Yeah, and it's just. But it's not even movement. like a track. It's not like you're like running down a track. It's no, like it's you're. I mean, my thing was, was I was like, you know what? I'm going to go through it real slow because I'm fat and I don't want to get tired. But then you get into it and you're like, yeah. I can avoid this zombie and I can jump over this thing. And yeah. then you're like doing it and. You know, next thing yeah. you know, you're out of breath, and that's yeah, no I fun. Was, see, that, 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 soaked that in shit sweat. stresses me out a lot for some weird, primitive part of my brainstem that I'm not fully connected to. No, just that even if I'm like, if I'm in public and I'm like going upstairs and I hear someone behind me, I run up the stairs. Where, like, I yeah. don't like the idea of people like right behind me. Yeah. I, I just it drives it drives me a little crazy. Yeah, but it's a fucking tough. That's a tough one. And I got I got through unscathed. Did you get touched? I think I got touched, yeah. Because then they inspect you afterwards, and then if you have prints on you, right? Yeah, they have little things in there, like a little, uh, like a residue on their hands that shows up in black light. And then uh, if you're infected, uh, I don't know what happens, but they just take you through a separate exit, and then you just hear a gunshot. Yeah, they they put a fake gun to your head, and I think think they even put like a little temporary tattoo bullet hole on your forehead. Oh, fun. That you have to wear for the rest of the day. Oh, that's great. That you have to wear for the rest of the day. (laughs) Some of those, you you know, I'm telling you what's going to happen is that some of the people are going to tattoo that on their foreheads. Like some dudes are going to be like, that was so fucking badass, and then run and get it tattooed on their forehead. I hope not. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, so they're just going to take it through. Yeah, we're doing city. like eight cities. I don't know what eight cities that we're doing. But are they always going to be in something like a stadium, or is it just going to? Uh, be a- yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know uh, uh, it's a lot of it's stadiums because you get like a lot of little areas and yeah. steps and like cool little nooks and crannies. And yeah, you can, like go around. Fuck, and- I remember one of the scariest parts of it was it was just a long hallway and you don't see anybody in it, but there's these like indented doorways. So there's tons. You just see tons of spots where people could oh, be. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, god damn it. And that's the stuff because you're you're tensed up and you're moving around so much. Soaked to sweat. Real life video game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I proved myself. Uh, I proved my young self right. I fucking can survive. Good for you. Yeah. yeah, because that was a real world situation that proves that, <laughs> that you'd get by. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, since it's a fake thing. <laughs> If, if, if like that's that, fake, like and a guy then, playing Call of Duty going, yeah, they need to send me over to Afghanistan. Yeah, but the wars are real. Zombies are fake. So if that, then. Okay. Right? Maybe. I just don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think any of us would really survive. No. No, no, of course not. But let, let me have some. That's the thing you want to have? Swamp thing. All right, you got it. You would survive in the apocalypse. Hey, fake thing. The, bi- <laughs> the Bing money isn't enough. You got to have this too. Bing money's dried up. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have to stop showing them because it turns out, not real results. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy at Harvard did a... <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> he, like, he did the, he Can like, you talk like, about this right now? 
He well, like I was never contracted. I didn't oh. sign any NDAs. And this, I'm just going off of uh, the fact that they stopped making them, and the fact that a uh, it was right after a Harvard uh, uh, guy just took the stats and like the way they did the set. Like the setup of the whole, you know, yeah, this yeah. many people always pick. And he says that it was that was wrong. But to be honest, when we were doing them, more people did choose big. Just because, you know, you see more pictures. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it. They have a better image search. But like, uh, yeah. But so, I love the behind the curtain on this. This is, this is, yeah, pretty, yeah, this is yeah. really fascinating. Well, it's, so know, what's this Harvard guy doing? That, that's that's what he spends his time on. I think he's like, I'm going to prove that being commercial wrong. I think that's his thing, though. Like he hears like claims made by companies uh, and then tries to see if they're telling the truth or not. And then like reports. Like it to Campbell's them. soup is mm-mm, good for you. Uh, Fuck that. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, the worst part was that like, so like he, he posted his study and then a bunch of like business sites. Started, uh, you know, posting about it, and they needed an image uh, for the uh, article, oh, and, and it would just be the worst frame—just the worst frame of someone talking. Just imagine you talking, and they would just freeze it at me, going, just, like, <laughs> just triple chinned out, just like fucking the worst. That was the worst. Everyone tweet at me. Hey, guess you can't. Because your bangs are so precious. What, you never fucking took a job? Your, like a, your bang? Yeah, that, that was the uh, thing. I got so many tweets, people going like, bang, really? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you work? Like, you know, McDonald's? Yeah, but like, you're, oh, yeah. you, uh, yeah, really? Like, you, have understand, you have to understand that once your face is associated with something and people know how to get a hold of you, you are all of a sudden the complaint desk for that thing. People say things to me about Walking Dead. Hey, how Wait, are you saying people complain about the Walking Dead? Um, no, no, no. I'm kidding. I have a Twitter account. No, you. you <laughs> I, I get that. But it's funny. Yeah. It's funny that I get it, though. It's funny that I get it. Like, well, here's what they should do. Like, yeah. I, what do you? What? You know? And I always kind of joke afterwards, like, well, uh, for some reason they didn't let the after show guy in on the creative meetings. Like, <laughs> it's so fucking funny. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. it's just it's an access point that they have. Yeah. You know? So whenever we do stuff, I do think a lot of times, you know, when I work on stuff with. And then I'll sit down with like an, the create like executives or whatever from a network, and I must sound like a complete asshole, but I go, look, whatever decisions get made about this thing, people don't know to t- contact you or the marketing department or whatever. It's like they come to me. Like when when they were having me pop up on commercials and give hashtags during Walking Dead, okay. I was like, <laughs> guys, they're not looking at the marketing department and going, oh, we should blame that person. They go. Fuck you! How come you're coming on in this emotional moment with your dumb fucking hashtag? Like, like you live in the bottom yeah, of their exactly. television. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'll pop up now. <laughs> I'll do the show, but I want I want to make sure it's part of my contract that you force me in the most tensely emotional parts yeah. of the show. Yeah, at least it's not a lower third. Like during the last couple minutes of it, yeah. you just pop up like, "Hey y'all, it's Chris Hartwick here about the talk dead." Yeah, just like tonight, just like on a hula hoop. Yeah, just like, just, hey. yeah. winking at the camera. Yeah, yeah. you're in the web soup thing we did where you start telling an emotional story and then like the lower, the third, lower with the sound effects coming up and guys just high-fiving each other yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, totally, it's totally that kind of thing yeah. and then people also not really understanding that that commercials are a little bit louder than the actual show that they're mm-hmm. watching so they're like why are you loud and why are you and I just I had to I couldn't explain and you stopped it so I so I, I you know it was one of the few times on the show where I was like <laughs> where I said to them like I am not doing those anymore. You cannot make me. <laughs> yeah. You will have to drug me. And put, I go, because it is bumming out. 
You know, I feel like my function... Are you sure they didn't just drug you and you don't remember doing them? Yeah. Oh, who knows? <laughs> What's funny about it, though, is, like, now, like, the way they do it now with just, like, you know, the card on yeah. the screen, and, like, but, like, with the... It's real... It's, like, way too serious, or it's just, like... <laughs> Give your thoughts on The Walking Dead or hashtag crazy zombie party. Fine. No one can fucking tweet at a lower third. That's fine. (laughs) My uh, my hack account is at lower third. No, it just totally, you know, it's in in kind of leading the fan charge for a show, the last thing you want to be is the element where someone's like, you're ruining this thing that you're supposed to be supporting. Championing, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... uh, you know what I get a lot of too is people try to have done interviews where people try to like expose me or whatever, and they're like, "So there's nothing on the show you don't like? You like everything on the show? You're super excited about everything on the show? Like I'm supposed to like for somehow it would make it more real if I came on and be like, yeah, it's really great if this, but then." What was up with that one fucking shot? You know, like they don't think. Whoa, shit! That Chris, what shot? No, that would be more entertaining for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, Talking Dead is fun. It just becomes critical analysis yeah. sourced through Twitter. It dismissed it. Each each second, it becomes like real time with Big Bill Maher. Like yeah. each segment is like yeah. uh, tonight's dear Mr. Kirkman is a story about how in scenes two and three, uh, new rules. Uh, zombies shouldn't be allowed to. Does Mr. Kirkman? Re- Really think we're supposed to believe that the governor would cut off his head in front of? So it's just it's funny to me that like that that has become such a you know like look you know I, I'm a fan of the show and I love everyone who works on the show and I'm a cheerleader for it and you know if you don't like that then don't fucking watch I don't know what do you want me to you know like what do, what do people want, what do you want me to say? But it, it is but be uh, nicer about it. Yeah, but be nicer. Yeah, <laughs> you do exactly. want them to watch. I mean. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the fact of the matter is that you know I just uh, I, I I want the show to win. Like I want the show to I want the show to do well. I care about everyone on the show, and I'm super. In, I'm invested in a way that most people are not invested in the show, which is that way I, more than I am. <laughs> you don't really feel that way. No, I'm kidding. No, I love the show. you're being prickly. Yeah, I dig the show. Everything I've ever wanted. Gimple's been doing a, a fucking amazing job. Gimple's kind of awesome. Yeah. Gotta say, I dug uh, Curtis's episode too. Oh yeah, Curtis yeah. Quinn's episode is great. You know, Curtis Quinn. You met him before. He's a yeah, old he's UCB the, guy, the NTSF guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy though. Just a guy that was doing improv and then worked his way into dramatic yeah, yeah. Uh, writing. It's Pretty great. quickly though. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's he's very talented, very, very. Love funny Curtis, guy. he was uh, he had the best stories in the writers' room. He would always tell no uh, very funny uh, stories that I can't repeat here. So this is a pointless bit that I'm doing. But, uh, but just know, just just Curtis you know, Quinn. rest assured, if you're ever yeah. in a writers' room with that guy, you're going to be entertained. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, it must be it must be an interesting challenge to because I mean I'm. I'm sure you can do a lot of the things that you would like to do on the show, but I'm sure that there are other, there are so many elements that, you know, there's the idea that it's on television. So there's only so much you can show, only so much you can do. The fact that you are limited by time, the fact that you have other people weighing in, you have different voices, you know, the shows had three showrunners, And so there's always a little bit of a tonal shift. And so it, it must be, I don't envy the job of having to keep a thing on track that where there's so many points where it could fall off track because of all these external forces. I mean, the comic helps. So a lot of, a lot of it is just, you know, everyone looking at the comic and going, 
oh yeah, he did this and this worked. Let's do that. So that's not necessarily a thing that I like specifically on a day to day basis have to you know constantly be like, hey, don't worry, guys, we've got a roadmap here. Let's do this, this, and this. Like everybody's reading the comic, everybody's aware of the comic, and you know that's kind of where everything begins, which is good. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 strange to be adapting my own stuff. Uh, but what about uh, the, the new? You're going to do another series, right? Theoretically, yeah, that's, that's in the works. Yeah, yeah, and then that, but that <clears throat> that's going to be great though because it has you don't have to base it at all on the comic book story. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about getting into that just because it is going to be an entirely new cast and yeah, new situations free. and new stories and. Uh, you know, it, it does sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, it kind of sucks that we're like doing that thing from the comic, and some people are going to know we're building to that, and some people are going to guess that that's coming up. And yeah. and uh, you know, it's it's a cool thing, and it's good to like see the the stuff from the comic come to life and everything. But I like I like surprising people. Like that's the most fun aspect of The Walking Dead for me is like yeah. you know catching people off guard and really doing that thing that you wouldn't expect anyone to do in this kind of a story and yeah. I think the spinoff is going to be a real haven for, for that kind yeah. of stuff it's going to be pretty, you did pretty so, insane yeah what you did so well in the comic book like just the way you would time the panels to where like turning a page would be like you know a cut to in a in a show or a movie, I always dug that about the comic. Where just be like, uh huh, uh huh, fuck, you know. Yeah. That's like that's great. Because <laughs> you, know, you, you would always be if it was like a crazy moment, it would always be a full page. Uh, oh image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always looking for those fuck moments. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, I, it's it's. <laughs> I, I think what's really exciting about the idea is that um, you know we're so focused on this on this handful of characters, and then. That, but we don't have any access to anything that's outside what they see, really. Like, mm-hmm. it's really... So yeah. there's, at least in theory, there's an entire planet who's going through the same thing. But we have no idea. We have no idea right. what else is happening yeah. anywhere else in the world. Because they're disconnected, so we're yeah. disconnected. We've all, you've, you've really only seen a few square miles of rural Georgia, of Atlanta <laughs> and rural Georgia. That's it. Like, yeah. it's just this handful of... Like, of me- meanwhile, in Tennessee, everyone's just drinking Mountain They're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. figured yeah. it out. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys were out there the whole time? Yeah. Oh, fuck. By the way, the spin-off, <laughs> the spin-off show, there's no zombies or anything. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's just, just fine. Yeah. It's just sometimes in the background, you see, like, a beyond a gate. You know? Yeah. The, the spin-off show is just a live feed from Georgia that the rest of the country is watching. <laughs> that it's all like, a- oh, man, they did that? They cut that dude's head off? Man, what? they're going real crazy with this whole thing. You basically, you basically, the reveal, oh, my God, this is fucking pissed people off so much. It reveals it's just like a reality, it's just a Big Brother type reality show, and that, that's yeah. it. Chris, I told you not to reveal oh, that. Fuck, I'm sorry. I, I just got really excited. Yeah, you saw Dead Set, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah the yeah, British, yeah. yeah, the British show. Yeah, but that was di- that, that wasn't like it wasn't a yeah, reality it was a show. Zombie but, yeah. but that was Big British. <laughs> but genius on their part because you know I don't know if most Americans know like what a phenomenon Big Brother is in England, but there was I don't know if there still is, but at least there was a channel just twenty four hours that yeah. had cameras from the Big Brother house. Yeah, and then they would also have like a like a, like a weekly late night special like uh, Big Brother After Hours where they would compile the sexiest things. That but happened. but they got but they got like people involved from that in Dead Set, right? Like weren't like the they had hosts. Yeah. Since it, yeah, well they had like uh, they had the host. It was the same host. I so believe. that would be like if we did the same thing but with, you know, like there's an outbreak during American Idol and they had yeah. all of the American Idol people in the movie like yeah. on board. Exactly. That's the kind of stuff that the Brits do that always makes me really happy. Is like they're really good with crossovers and really good with like, like that. There's a there's a world outside 
just one show that's connected. Like there's, they're yeah. all part of the same universe, basically. Yeah, it's like yeah. how Luther and Doctor Who are all tied in. <laughs> oh yeah. I need your help again, Luther. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's certain there's certain theories of. You know, if you follow... Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to mention uh, Doctor Who. I'm sorry. Jesus no, I wasn't Christ. actually going to talk about Doctor Who. but yeah, talk about the were. third shooter. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but just like in looking at in looking at series in looking at series finale like a series finale like Saint Elsewhere and like oh well if this show was in this child's imagination then that means that all these other things were also connected to that as well. Uh, it's looking at all the different you know like I I have my I have my theory that um, uh, that. That Breaking Bad was it? Robert, wake up! Breaking well, Bad. Sorry, well, hang on, wake up! Oh my God! Up, what Robert. was that? Robert, this is really important. This is really important. Look at me! It's important. Robert, listen to Chris. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. He's, sorry, sorry. he's gonna he's gonna add a six bathroom trip of the day just to get away from me. And, um, <laughs> I gotta go take a shit, you guys. And then he just goes in there, says, "I was like, fuck." <laughs> I said I said this on Talking Dead that I think. I think there's something that Breaking Bad could be connected as a sort of like as a prequel to Walking Dead because the time frame of Breaking Bad was like I think 07 to 09 like right around the time when Walking Dead started oh. and then because in episode 1 of season 2 you included a bag of blue meth in Merle's satchel that I what I perceive to have happened in that the universes are connected that after Heisenberg died someone tried to recreate blue meth and it was like the bath salt thing that started the apocalypse, basically. Oh. And so it's all connected to like the blue meth actually was a bad. That's some fun fanfic. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to read your fanfic, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to now because I just told you what happened. Yeah, I, that's, that, I like that. But just Great. the, timel- the timelines of the show connect. Great. Why don't you write that up and then, uh, you know, print it out, roll How it up, and shove it up your ass. How are you going to work small-town security? Where's small-town security coming with well, this? Well, they're the ones that were supposed to guard the, um, and that's how it gets out. All right, then what about the pitch? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then if you're going back when they're yeah. building the railroads. Yeah. I remember uh, when I was on the soup. Uh, Is that a Hell on Wheels reference? Yeah, that was a Hell on Wheels. Thank you for picking yeah. that up. Yeah, thank nice. you. Who's, uh, and uh, that guy that's the main guy in Hell on Wheels is a, a descendant of, or no, Draper's a descendant of that guy. Oh. Yeah. See, that's fun. It is fun. So all, all, all we have to do is for you to officially acknowledge on the podcast, and I think technically then that would make that canon. That's all so. true. Okay, good. That's yeah, all yeah. I needed. Uh, it's all true. It's uh, blue meth caused the bath salts-like <laughs> thing that spiraled out into the walking dead. There you go. That works. Yeah, yeah, Breaking new Comicbookresources.com. Uh, Robert Kirkman reveals the cause of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> sure, whatever, says Kirkman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it. Robert, Robert Kirkman further went on to say, I'm going to take a shit, and then yeah. disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it, it seems like it's been, um, uh, it seems like it's, not many people get the opportunity to reimagine their thing in other platforms to go back and do things that they didn't, re, that they didn't get to do, or at least... You know, I mean, like now this is a year eleven now with 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 the Walking Dead. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> man, I am old. Yeah. I know. Well, I'm older, so it's we're all. Yeah, you look younger than me, so you're Yay! fine. That's all that counts. Hooray! All scrappy. I like to live healthily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you saw me in my twenties, though, you would not have said that. Holy shit! I well, met, it worked out for you. It worked out okay. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out all right. Um, are you way into? Not weighing, but you're you're all you're already into season five. 
Yeah, yeah, we're actually three weeks deep into the writer's room on season five. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I don't remember anything about season four. The episodes that haven't aired yet, I'm like, huh? What's yeah, going on? That's All right. Funny. <laughs> you know, when you, it's funny. It's, Please watch on February 9th. <laughs> it's funny when you, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you, when you are like Albert or someone comes on uh, Talking Dead because your brain is so far ahead of where the episode that we're like, I think people assume like, oh, they watch along with us, but you, that is way in your rearview mirror. So by the time yeah, you come sometimes on, I have to like find time to rewatch the episode. Cause yeah, like episode, uh, 409, the mid season premiere is going to air on February 9th at AMC at, uh, 10 P 9 PM. I don't know. Yeah. Talking dead on at 10. Yeah. Talking to that was really yeah, natural. Yeah. The way yeah, you whatever. That in. Yeah. And then I'll be falling asleep at 11 is after that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but like I think uh, I watched a cut of that episode in August of last year. So, you know, and I've watched it a few times since then as different cuts come in and watch visual effects and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's an episode of television I watched, uh, you know, it'll be like almost a year by the yeah. time. Uh, I don't know. It's well, a the, while. The, yeah. uh, apparently with it, because I, you know, like, as, as you as you know, I, I, I won't watch the episode until the day of that we do Talking Dead. But um, but the ex- I, I talked to the executive producer last night and he was like... I. He said he and the other EP of Talking Dead had to watch the last couple episodes t- together because they were so like <laughs> they were they were really intense. But just what Scott has been able to do in a in a really incredible way is just escalate each episode until in, in a way that makes sense until it's it's pretty like um, it's pretty Scott doing that all by himself. Uh, yeah, just all by himself. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he just goes in a room and then you go play golf oh, or something. Good. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah, him and Dan <laughs> Harmon just get together and just write all their own scripts. But how? How? Like, what? What is the relate? Like, how is the working relationship be- between you guys? And like, where do the stories originate? And then who has final say over what? Like, how much power does the showrunner have in terms? I th- I don't know if people really understand exactly what that job means it's you know it it all falls on scott's shoulders as the showrunner i mean he has the the most responsibility to you know what the quality of the show actually is i mean i'm one of the writers in the writer's room and you know me and the seven other writers you know we work with scott to craft the story and and you know all of that comes from you know we're adapting the comic and so we look at that first and you know try and figure things out but you know scott's job as the showrunner is you know he has to like uh you know manage all the scripts and make sure that everything you know works and makes sense and that ends up uh, meaning that he does a lot of like script passes and stuff. So even though you know an individual writer, and this is true of all screen, of uh, uh, all you know showrunners and all television shows, you know the showrunner is the guy that 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 basically makes that process work. When you watch a television show and you're like, wait a minute, there's a different guy writing every episode, like. How does that work? And it, it's because, you know, that group comes up with the story together and then they break off to write each individual episode. But then it's the showrunner that comes in and, you know, gives us notes and we revise and then he'll come in and like rewrite a scene to make it match with this other episode. And he's the guy that kind of has to manage the overall tapestry so that it all makes sense. So that, you know, every time Daryl Dixon talks, he sounds like Daryl Dixon and it's not like some kind of inconsistent thing because it is like eight writers doing the bulk of the work. So yeah, I, it's, personally, it's that. I think. I think being a showrunner head writer sounds like a terrible job because it is so much I'll never do it. <laughs> I mean you really you really do have to Well Scott lives and breathes the show. So like if you like Walking Dead season four, like you should definitely give the lion's share of the credit to Scott because Scott is, you know, sometimes up in that office, you know, working until like three AM and, you know, working on weekends and, and really just like living and breathing that show for a significant portion of his life. It's a very specific it's a very specific talent to be able to have 
Um, I mean, I I'd call it like street view and global view. Like you have yeah. to have street view to understand yeah. that the real, the intricacies of everything on a, on a very um, intimate level. But then back. you also have to be able to step back and go, and now this has to, all that stuff has to be justified because of this bigger story and yeah. stuff that might look good close up doesn't make sense far away and then you and then you but you still have to balance all of it out like it's it's just not a it's an intense job yeah but how much does he the showrunner or scott how much does he have to do like during production is he on set is he like working with the directors while you're shooting yeah i mean there's a lot of that i mean every uh every episode has what's called a tone meeting and that's where the showrunner basically has this very long intense meeting with the director where they go over the script and he's like you know, what I want from this scene is we really want to see the emotion on this person's face. And oh, what right. I want from this scene is is that you really make sure that you hone in on this. And when you're reading the script, the thing that's important is, is this part. And so, you know, there's really a, a tremendous amount of, like, oversight that's on all yeah. areas that kind of falls on the showrunner's uh, wow. shoulders. So, so yeah, and then he's on set a lot. And, you know, I mean, all the writers produce their own episodes. So everybody's that's on right. set, you know, helping out for... You know, all of their own individual episodes, like, yeah. you know, making sure that, you know, different things get produced the way that, you know, everything is supposed to be. But there's a great team, you know, in Georgia of, you know, producers and, you know, different department heads that, that manage all that stuff on the ground. And it's it's really a group effort. Yeah, yeah. But so, it's mostly Scott. <laughs> I think the actors do something, but I don't know what. I mean, I, re- I remember at the... <laughs> go pretend. <laughs> Here, just go pretend that you're really this guy. Now you got a different name. (laughs) Hey, David, what? No, you're not supposed to answer that. That's not your name anymore. Oh, Mr. Thompson. But but every season at the end, you know, at the end of, like at at the rap parties for the last couple of years for, for, you know, or I see you at the end of the season, you go... Um, oh, wait till you see season three. And at the end of season three, you were like, wait till you see season four. And so how do you, how do you keep, you know, in, in a world where people are, – are you worried about people getting desensitized to crazy things because crazy things can happen in a moment? How do you balance out the – you know, so people – you know, when you're not doing crazy shit every episode, like how come people aren't dropping like flies? What the fuck? Yeah. Like the pacing of it. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I think a lot of people don't. I mean, I've had this with the comic for years. People are like, "Yeah, but where do you go next?" Yeah. And I'm like, "What are you talking about? Where don't you go next? Like, you could go here, 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 here. Like, there's so much more that can be done." And and uh, you know, I think that that escalation has been managed, you know, fairly well uh, in the comic book series. And you can kind of look to that to see like where we're going to go and how things are going to escalate and you know what comes next. And you know, we end up going in some pretty crazy places. And and I'm really excited about that kind of stuff getting you know adapted uh, uh, into the show. But uh, it is it is hard sometimes because. Uh, you know, when I'm watching Talking Dead or I am, like, boning up on episodes to, so that I can do interviews and stuff while I'm already a season ahead working on that, there are times where I'm like, oh, yeah, this season was really good. You know, because the <laughs> stuff I'm working on, like, I get really excited about it. And so, like, right now I'm like, oh, season five is going to blow season four out of the water. This is crazy. And I've, you know, forgotten some of the, like, really cool stuff that's in – not necessarily forgotten, but, like, it's it's old to me now. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that stuff was okay. This stuff, yeah, this shiny new, new stuff yeah. well, is 
so good. Well, I, think, I think as long as you're yeah. excited about it, as long as you continue to be excited about it, it's always going to be it's always going to be work out okay. One would hope. <clears throat> well, because <laughs> you know when people, because I have very young children. Because you know every every year that a new showrunner would come in, and then you know people would ask me or if I'm being interviewed, they're like. What do you think? I mean, new showrunner, is it crazy? And I go, yeah, well, Kirkman's the guy. Like, he thought of the thing. As long as yeah. he's still on board and he's still excited about it, <laughs> it's going to, you know, it's yeah. going to be okay, you know? Yeah. So it, I really, uh, I, I'm, as long as you are continue to look at it and say, yeah. oh, I mean, but next season, and then you yeah. really genuinely get excited about it, like, that's, that's. It, it does look like there's been a lot of, a lot of turnover, but. You know, I've been there every season. Uh, David Alpert, executive producer, has yeah. been there every season. Gail Ann Hurd, Greg Nicotero, uh, Tom Luce, our line producer, who's, you know, managing everything on the ground in Georgia, has been there since season one. There's actually a tremendous amount of consistency behind the scenes on The Walking Dead that people just don't see, just because there have been, uh, you know, those public shakeups, as I like yeah. to say. Which, by the way, you know, and nerds hate change. <laughs> no comment. Ner- ner- nerds hate change, well, even if it's whether or not it's good for them, it doesn't matter. It's just mm-hmm. that the second something's like, Oh wait, that's different. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fucking fuck? And then, yeah. then you give them, a, and then, then it kind of becomes a new thing, and they're like, "All right." And then you change that, like, "Well, what the fuck?" Yeah. They're like, yeah. just can you please just have faith in the fact that I am not going to steer you wrong because I care about this as much as you do. So yeah, it's like everyone involved in this wants it to be as good as as you want it to be. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're not gonna just like. Throw a mulligan? Is yeah. that a sports reference? I don't know. What is that? That's like where the golfer eats reference. the ball or something? I think something. that's where the golfer... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know how that works. Sorry, Tiger. Um, now you got to eat the ball. <laughs> <laughs> fucking eat it. Oh, not a mulligan. Oh, man. These are the worst. <laughs> I don't know. I should stop trying to make sports references. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, we're not trying to drop a touch. Yeah, yeah. Sound. No, that reference is a real home down. <laughs> 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 Who's watching the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't know. Not me. I get it. You don't have to remind us. You know, like people get so offended when I'm, when I'm like, yeah, I don't get sports. We get it. You don't like it. Really? I only say it every once in a while. That is way less in your face than fucking sports is in all of our faces all the time. So fuck you. Because a couple times I go, I don't like sports or I don't get it. We're like, we get it. You like sports. Really? Well, I would say back, I get it. You all like sports, but me. I get it. I get it. I get it. Jonah, you a sports guy? Mm, Love them all. Yeah, I'm not a sports guy either. Are we three non-sports guys? We are. I think we might be. Katie's the only sportsy person in here. Kyle's not either, are you? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's sexist, though. But are you into, like, lady sports? (laughs) WNBA. WPGA. WNFL. There we go. WWWE. <laughs> w boxing. Yeah, W boxing. <laughs> no, Katie. Like Katie, fucking is. is Katie's a sports fiend. She yeah, loved. Yeah. What's your what's what's you, like football? Niners. Nice. Yeah. What is that? Uh, I always I always kind of envy guys that are into sports because it's like a nice excuse to just drink during the day. If you just well, like you know the idea, you just like I I, I once like I was getting uh, brunch with friends and there was a guy by himself uh, drinking a beer. By himself at a bar drinking a beer, but he's watching a game, so no one says a thing. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. totally socially but if he's acceptable. By himself, that guy is Irish. Exactly. Uh, no, the sports thing, uh, especially football, really, really shocks me because, like, I've, I, you know, I work and I take time off on the weekends, spend time with my kids and stuff, and uh, uh, as you do. 
Uh, and uh, like football fans, they're like, oh, I'm going to watch some football this weekend. But it's like seven games, and each game yeah. is like three hours. Yeah. And, like, what are you just like? Are you are you are you allowed to like sit on a couch and watch TV <laughs> for? Like my wife would be pissed. Oh, encouraged. Yeah. We're encouraged. Yeah. By the way, here I make a joke about a guy being Irish and drinking and not watching sports, and that was my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> just drinking during the day and yeah. not watching, not watching sports. Yeah, just finding a. I gotta go to a sports bar. Why? So I can fit in. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about these sports? Oh, uh, let's have another beer. Get it? Yeah. Oh, got point. Oh, is it point? Let's have another beer. <laughs> Point for, pint for a point, I say. We all say that as sports fans. Oh, man. I used to. <laughs> That's why you, you know how watching fo- football is like a bag of sand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to go to this. I used to go. What is a place called? It's a pub in Santa Monica. And just like Sunday morning, just do like brunch there at like 10 a.m. And Don't make us know, all sad. Pints of Stella. <laughs> no, it all worked out okay, so everything's oh, fine. Okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pints of Stella at like 10 a.m. Oh, Somehow man. I was like, oh, it's okay, it's Sunday. Man, you really fucking drank. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I shudder. I don't know how I'm alive. Like, I don't know how the human body could handle that much. Oh, it bulked up, Chris. Look at all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah, totally yeah. True. No, but it's uh, every when you talk about that stuff, it's just it's, I always just go like, it's fuck. That's like I can't even fathom. Like, like when you would say like you would like be taking a shower, but you didn't want to waste drinking time, so you would drink in the shower. I did that. I did that a handful of times. Yeah, yeah, I did that a handful of times. I tried that once, and I dropped the beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the worst drinking stories were the ones that my dad had, where. Um, he and his he and his friends. This had to have been exaggerated, but they swear to God it was true. That um, that they would. There's no way this could be true. But my dad's friend Rick. <laughs> I don't believe this story. I really don't. When I but do, I don't am it. telling it. Or don't I'm going want to, to believe it. He said aliens came out and put the beer in their stomachs with teleportation. And I was like, what? <laughs> so my, dad, my, 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 dad, my dad's friend Rick said that when they would bowl together, he goes, he said, we would drink a beer frame for three games and then we would go out and drink for real. Oh, fuck. <laughs> We're like, well, that's like 30 beers really before you leave the, before you leave the bowling center. So, I, but I, even, even with a grain of, even grain of salt math, that's still a lot. So yeah. let's just say that within a, f- a few hours, they drank like 18 beers, and then they went and drank more. Yeah. Even at the height of my drinking, if I drank 20 in a day, you know, that was still a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's still a lot to drink between 5 p.m. and like 2 in the morning. That's yeah. how much Mountain Dew I drink. <laughs> <laughs> Code oh, red, Chris. This is an intervention. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. I used to Were drive you scoffing? To, uh, Would you, do you drink Mountain Dew? Uh, I, I, no, well, here's my, here's my association with And then scoffed at Code Red. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Code Red is like, I don't, I actually don't drink Mountain Dew. I used to, uh, in my, in, I call them the Battle Pope days when I started in comics because, uh, when I was doing that book, uh, it involved a lot of all-nighters where I would work until like eight in the morning. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't like do speed or anything. Like I don't do drugs. So I had to do something to stay up and I don't like coffee. So uh, Mountain Dew was the thing that we would drink. And you didn't get any surge? Just discuss- yeah, I get a little surge. It didn't have as much caffeine as Mountain Dew. Regionally, Jolt, that makes like a lot of sense. Too. That sounds like a Kentucky thing to do is just drink yeah. Mountain Dew oh, all now night. Now you're offending me. But I, was know, born, I was born in Louisville. Uh, I get to make that joke. But I would sometimes drive to Florida to visit my uh, family, and I'd go like I'd leave like during the day and drive overnight. 
uh, and it's like a 14 hour drive. And so uh, I would get a Mountain Dew Code Red uh, to stay awake, but I hated it so much that I could put it in my cup holder. And when I would get tired and drowsy, I would tell myself, you're going to have to drink that Code Red. <laughs> and, it, and it would wake me up. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to drink it. I'm not going to drink it. And then, and then sometimes I would, like, I'd get really, really tired by like four or five in the morning. Yeah. And I'd like take a couple sips and be like, ah! Yeah. And, then, and then I'd make it the rest of the drive like without, without touching it. Yeah, just I'd have like a couple, couple sips. And it was, oh, that would be good. Yeah, just have just yep. disgusting soda around. <gasps> yeah. Oh, you want to eat that Big Mac? You got to drink a couple of drinks of Code Red. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do that sound. <laughs> that's it. I'll never eat it again. That's it. I'm doing that. <laughs> the Code Red diet. Yeah. That'd be really funny if, if a soft drink company had like a failed soft drink and they realized that it was actually they could use it for aversion therapy. Yeah, Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. Lose weight right now. <laughs> yeah, Mountain Dew kind of went crazy because like didn't Code Red work? And then the next thing you know, there was like an orange Mountain Dew and a purple Mountain Dew. There's a whole and, bunch of them. I never. But really they don't got have them now, it. right? Aren't they all gone? I don't know. It's a. It's. It, I remember there was a time where anytime there was like a new snacky thing, I would get so excited. And now I just don't see them anymore. There's not as much. Unless there's a new Reese's. There's a new miss, Reese's. Uh, I, get a I do miss uh, Monterey Jack Doritos. Oh, Those yeah. Good. In the black bag back in the day. It was an intense and, bag. And uh, Salsaria Doritos. I miss those Doritos. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I miss the fact that, well, I guess we've, we're starting to get them now, but fucking dill pickle chips are goddamn amazing. Yeah. Dill pickle flavored potato chips are <laughs> absolutely amazing. I had a try that. Sriracha, uh, a sriracha uh, potato chips. <gasps> They're fucking uh, hard not to keep eating. Let's go eat a bunch of potato chips. Let's just go eat potato chips. Uh, Let's be bad. You guys want to be bad? Let's be bad. <laughs> be bad. Oh. Mountain don't. We'll be right back on Talk Again. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Herschel's bloody stump. <laughs> <laughs> what else food do you guys like? This is the best podcast ever. <laughs> well, I really like. Well, we're all about it on our hour, though, so it's kind of it's sort of the end. Okay. Oh my God, are we wrapping this thing up here, yeah, man? This is it. This when is, is it? When does it get funny? Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! You didn't say to do that. Hey, you've been talking too, man. You're just <laughs> I am not a professional comedian. Fuck! Oh, <laughs> you still doing a what? Uh, comic with uh, John Roy? Uh, well, I was never doing a comic with John Roy. In my capacity as a partner at Image, uh, I was uh, helping John Roy uh, do a comic at Image. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if the artist stopped drawing that or if that's still coming out. It seems like it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. But uh, certainly would would publish that comic if it was ever finished. John, Ooh. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just trying to he think just of hears you. us from wherever yeah. he is, and you just yeah. Hear yeah. Not only can you always hear him, he can always hear you. <laughs> I love I John Roy. Saw yeah. John Roy at the airport last week. Uh, I was coming back from Arizona. I uh, did this convention there, and I'm sitting on the plane. And John Roy gets on the plane. And is like Robert Kirkman. Look at that. And I'm like, yeah. oh. Uh, and then we talked after. We like get to the back of the plane. <laughs> uh, get to the back of the, back of the plane. I want to have a private conversation with you. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so after the plane lands, uh, we we because uh, we weren't sitting near each other, but uh, we saw each other after the plane landed because I was in first class. Yeah, right, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, that's, not, yeah, well, that's a very successful show. It's fine. People are cool with it. 
You were very Let's cool. Let's just say I did not fly myself to this convention. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but didn't anyway. have to. Got asked to come. They just flew me out. Didn't pay for the hotel either. It was pretty nice. Walking <laughs> well, Dead, biggest show on television. Yeah, probably, yeah, heard yeah. Of it. probably heard of it. Uh, membership has its privileges. <laughs> No, no, no. So anyway, Sorry. this is a very awesome story. I don't know why I'm telling it. This this podcast is over, right? This is yeah. Oh, no, we're not recording any of this yet. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna fight you after Jonah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no, like so, I saw him, and I, you know, we talk every now and then. I see him like every every couple months, uh, and he's like telling me about you know what he's done and all this other stuff, and we're standing there chatting, and you know, it's oh yeah, I'm getting ready to leave. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're having like a little like. 15, 20 minute conversation in the airport and all of a sudden the guy picking him up calls him on the phone and he's like, oh, hold on a second, I gotta take this. Yep, where you at? All right, great. And he like forgot I was there and turned around and left. Jesus. And I was like, oh, all right, hi. And I, and I haven't talked to him since, but I was like, wow, and we right. never saw him never again. Saw him again, but we yeah. always heard him. He's <laughs> got a loud voice. So now that I think about it, I don't want to publish that comic anymore. <laughs> It's one of those weird things that in your head you would stress out about, like, oh my god, I totally forgot to say goodbye, and then he might email you and go, man, I was totally preoccupied, and you'd go, oh, you know, forget about it, don't worry about it. But now you could totally turn it into a thing, yeah. just to make people really paranoid about how about the things they do and say. <laughs> you walked away, you had an opportunity, and you felt it wasn't important to hey, say don't ever, don't ever slight Kirkman, he'll go on a podcast and complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> your comic will get buried. As a fucking asshole. It'll never, ever get made. Um, but, uh, well, I, you know, I don't know if the, there's nothing really we can talk about walking dead. Cause it's, we would viciously, I don't even know what's coming up. So, uh, Daryl Dixon dies. God damn it. That's always my, I always, I, I that's my favorite joke is when I'm in a room full of, if I'm moderating a panel room full of people, I'm like, how many people are caught up? And then, you know, most people will be caught up and I was like, okay, I won't spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But seriously, when Daryl's head comes off his body, people <laughs> are like, no, <laughs> ah. I've even had this conversation with you. Beautiful hair flopping in the wind. (laughs) I think we had lunch like a year ago and, uh, uh, at the corner and I, and I said, um, I was like, please don't ever kill Daryl. Like, cause I, I feel like people would take it out on me. Like people, people would riot. What a selfish way to think about a beloved character, Chris. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm out for me, just me. See? <laughs> no one dies on the show when I'm in charge. No one dies on the show. show. <laughs> AMC, it's Chris Hardwick. No one dies. You lose the Talking Dead. See? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Who's a- Hashtag replace Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Oh, no. <laughs> Hello, Ryan Seacrest? And then they make me read it. <laughs> it's just, hey, everybody, hope you're enjoying the show. The hashtag it is. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. And then I just get like lightly tased. It's yeah, replace yeah, yeah. Chris. <laughs> no, that's, uh, so I see the actors from time to time because uh, we do things and they're around. Uh, but like we'll do events and whatever, and uh, it's usually uh, every now and then, you know, they're like they know that I know what's coming up, but they don't know if they're dying in those episodes or not. <laughs> so it's always, you know, oh, how you doing? You know, and they're always like watching your expression, like, <laughs> trying to read, like, oh, is he being nicer to me? Yeah. Or is he being? Oh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, and I can I can feel them doing that. But uh, Norman, who uh, who plays Daryl Dixon, uh, Norman Reedus, who everybody loves, uh, is I, I I don't know if he's doing a bit or if he's just messing with me, but he does. Like he like he like asks more than anyone else. Like, hey, am I good? Am I good? Am I, am I dying? Like, what's, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm just like Norman. Like, 
how many fucking lunchboxes are you on? Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're really that nervous? Yeah, like, check your come Instagram on, man. feed. There's a ton. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at my Twitter feed, and most of it is about you. So, uh, yeah. I wonder... you're, you're definitely going to uh, not last. We're, we're, <laughs> we're wrapping that storyline up quickly. But that might be a testament to how much he uh, thinks you'll just believe in the story more so than the, uh, what the people want. Oh, I mean, I'm not that. Uh, I don't have that much integrity. <laughs> you should just it'd be really fucked up if you just did like weird gestures where you did like you where if you noticed that they were looking from across the room you just held the the finger gun up to your head and then and then no I, yeah, yeah well i used to i mean because you guys can kind of get a read on my personality from these things and being around me for five minutes uh I used to joke like crazy about killing them off. Like, yeah, it's not funny. To like, especially it's with not funny. Uh, especially with Burnthal, like <laughs> oh, like a lot. No. Like in the first couple seasons, like oh, well, you know, maybe you won't be around next episode. You know, like joking around like that. And uh, uh, yeah, they, they they thought it was funny. At least they acted like they did. But yeah. uh, then as this show went on, I was like, yeah, these characters are dropping like flies. I should stop making these jokes. Yeah. But I used to tell them like, hey man, when I stop making the jokes, that's when you should worry. Don't <laughs> <laughs> it's all. Oh, good now what are you doing but it's and like then, you're saying the thing it's like oh your character might die like it's like you know it's all this kind of make-believe stuff like what they're hearing is just like you might be out of a job you might get fired who well, knows you might not be able to feed your kids well, it's, it's, not, a little rough. it's not just it's not just the it's not just that part of it i mean like that's actually a part of it but also you know i mean these these people are are living with these characters and they go yeah. like and even you know going into rural georgia and and have and doing the kind of intense stuff like yeah. they're super bonded to these to these characters and so point, yeah. it's like living at summer camp yeah. for uh like multiple years you know because they they are in this town with these people they're seeing them every day they're getting dinner together at night their kids are playing on the weekends like so they it, do become this like really tight knit community and then the writers and Los Angeles are like, hey, you can no longer hang out with your friends anymore. Well, yeah, and like, so yeah. That, that part is terrible. Like, and also, it is, it is and also having to lose that part of them, like it's pretty. It's like yeah. it's it's not as bad, but it's almost in the same wrong as making jokes like, hey, you might drop dead tomorrow. Like, yeah. what? What are you talking about? Because it's definitely don't a, criticize me. Yeah, so it's a piece of you know, it's a piece of who they are, and 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 it's also, and then beyond that, it's just like, how often do you get the opportunity to be on you know, like one of the biggest shows on television and, and it's like it's a really big it's for yeah, any it's performer huge. it's it's an amazing experience and you know it's just i i would never want that sort of a thing to end. To, to end so yeah. if someone were like hey you might not have this one i'd be like this is really funny <laughs> this is really funny what do you think hey, you meant by that oh they'll get on mob city <laughs> and also <laughs> is that show still on <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it was a limited run series. What? <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? We're just talking about television. There's like lots of shows. We're just talking Thanks about, for we're having me, everybody. It's we're been a lot of fun. I'll see TV you guys later. Yeah, we're just talking. We're just having a conversation. Lots of things. Hey, we're just yeah. guys. Yeah, guys. I don't know nothing about nothing. Keep it up, Chris. Maybe I'll kill you off on Talking Dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> What a twist! You know what? That would be really fucked up if you killed me up on Talking Dead, and then there was just an ad the next day in Variety that was like, "No one is fucking safe." Like, uh, I will kill the after-show guy. I will kill. <laughs> You're in that Doritos commercial. Watch the fuck out if that's shown during Walking Dead. 
It turns out there was another camp doing another after show in another part of the world. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this season. And um, I really enjoyed Mob City. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> Neither did anyone else. <laughs> Simon Pegg was great in it. Dana Gould was great in it. Barenthal was great in it. Who's Barenthal? Barenthal? What's his name again? John Bernthal. Bernthal? Yeah. yeah. I just think about his body and I want to say Barenthal. I don't know. Well, he's, is he thawing out In your, your brain? Barren it's body? It's it's the owners to fuck. Fuck but him. Fuck bucks. Murder? Admiral Fuckbutt. <laughs> Reporting for duties. Reporting <laughs> for duties? Yeah. Seriously, we are going to cut this part off the podcast, right? Is this, this is being edited. Admiral I just want to make sure. I draw the line at Admiral Fartbutts, uh, you know, when it really when it comes down to it. I got to... Got Sorry, it's not that highbrow shit you're used to, friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy your burrito. February 9th, Walking Dead and Talking Dead returns. 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. And then probably an hour earlier in the central time zone. Because y'all's goes to bed earlier. Woo. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, 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 why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span... Our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests... All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life, and if you're yeah, a wondering fan, then you're going to stop. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. 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 